If you're like me, you probably got up today a little preoccupied with what's going on in the world around us, with trying to make sense of what's happening just about four hours, four and a half hours to the north of us in Charlottesville with the protests and the counter-protests and, and the, or the demonstrations and the protests and all that. And you, you're probably up to speed on that even more so than I am. But you need to know that what we're going to talk about today directly addresses the heart behind all of that mess and what we should do and how we should respond and the best way to interact with that. So we'll talk about it a little bit as we go through our time together and towards the end of our time today, we will have some time as a church where we can pray for uh, the people in Charlottesville and what's happening there. But we'll get there. Let me begin by making a statement that you might find odd And I just want to be honest with you and let you know that I love me. Yeah, I I do. I I think I'm pretty great. Um, I'm I'm shocked how smart I am. And uh, on good days, if the lighting is just right, I'm pretty darn good looking. Um, and, And I don't have any problem at all wanting to make things about me. But before you get up and leave, because you're like, this guy, what did he have in his juice this morning? Um, You might be thinking the same thing I did, and it was great. No, (laughs) Uh, here's what I know about you, because I'm so smart. You're exactly like me. If you're a human being, we're all alike. Our human nature is for us to be focused on ourselves. You like you. You think you're pretty great. Deep down, you think your ideas are pretty spot on. And I know our personalities are different. I mean, all you have to do, though, is look to social media as proof. Social media, I have learned, even though it's great and there's nothing wrong with social media, we use it. It's a great tool. It's not very social. It's much more personal, isn't it? It's not really social media. It's personal media. Because we use social media to display our lives personally. This is what I think. This is what I don't think. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I had for lunch. We don't care, right? This is what I look like. You know? Right? Because you're doing that because you think this is a good angle. This is good, you know? No no down because it shows my... Extra chin, up, 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 down. You know, I, you figured all that out because it's not really social media, is it? It's personal media. We put ourselves on display. Now, I'm not saying that you have to get rid of all that. Let's just be honest, okay? We really need this one another that we're going to talk about today. Here it is. Be humble with one another. It goes against our nature. That's why we need it so badly. Be humble with one another. Furthermore, it allows us to answer the awesome question, one of the greatest questions ever. We've been asking this question all summer long, every week in this series, and it's this question. What does love require of me? What does love require of me? What does love require of you? What love requires of us is that we be humble with one another. See, in our culture, humility is seen as um, noble, But it's not a really high value, is it? I mean, it's nice, 
But people that are truly humble are the bless their hearts kind of people, right? In, in our conversations, just, oh, that's so nice and, and bless their hearts. They're, boy, they're so humble. But then we follow that with other descriptions and concerns because in our culture, it's not a really high value. If you're truly humble in our culture, we will say, you gotta be careful. I mean, it's nice and all, but you're gonna get walked on. We see it as people who are often taken advantage of. And if you're humble, then you lack drive, you lack initiative, and you lack maybe even confidence. And if you're not careful, people are gonna walk all over you. Now, don't get us wrong, it's very noble, but we don't value it because we see it as weakness. Nothing could be further from the truth as we will see in the next few minutes. Jesus' culture was no different in the first century. In fact, Jesus was one of the first ones to introduce the idea that humility was a desirable trait because in the ancient world, to be humble was to be weak, very much like our culture, but it was even more blatant back then. In ancient cultures, you didn't want to be humble unless you were having to interact with someone of a social higher class than you or an economic higher class than you or someone in authority over you. So Jesus shows up in the first century in a Greek culture, the Roman Empire rising to fame and power, and he and his followers and the apostles after Jesus start teaching there in the first century. This group of Christians, they start teaching following Jesus that humility is desirable. It's not something you want to avoid. It's something you want to hold on to. Something you want to choose. And it seems so odd and out of place because it goes against our nature. And some of you are probably thinking, well, okay, that's nice to know, but why is that important to me? Because I know you got other problems. I know that you got other stuff going on in your life. You probably did not get out of bed this morning thinking, you know what I need? I need to be more humble. You, I guarantee you that most of you did not think that. So you might be thinking, why, why do I need to be humble? Why is this so important? Well, let me just tell you. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. Real quick, this is the way of Jesus. Humility is the way of Jesus. It's the way the family of Jesus operates. And if you're a follower of Jesus, this should matter immensely to you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, at least this ought to interest you a little. And you'll, you'll see why in a minute. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is where you live. This has got to be where you strive. This has got to be your goal. Humility is the way of Jesus, as we will see in just a few moments. Secondly, you need to know that God works with you or against you based upon how you handle this humility thing. It's a big statement, I know. And maybe that's a shock to you that, what do you mean God works against me? Just hang with me. I'm just, I'm just answering the question why you need to listen. Because you, you don't want God to work against you. I don't want God to work against me. I want God to be on my team. I want to be on God's team. I want us to work in tandem together. You know, here we go. Because i got enough issues. And thirdly, true greatness comes out of humility. It's odd, isn't it? But it's true. If you want to be truly great, true greatness comes out of true humility. So again, followers of Jesus, listen up. This is not negotiable for you and I. This is required material. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, or maybe you're not sure what spiritual category you fit into, that's okay. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here, and we hope you have a great time. But you need to know that this is going to work for you too. Humility is something you need as well. Humility will be just as transformational in your life as it is in anybody else's life, even a follower of Jesus. So we believe that if you try it, you might be surprised. 
what else God has taught us about ourselves that we need to listen to. So today we talk about humility. I'm gonna take you all the way back to the first century to kind of give you kind of a background here of, of how we know this and how we're learning this. And this is one of the reasons, like I've said, I, I love what God has given us in the Bible so much, especially in that New Testament in that first century, because so much of what God had recorded for us through his apostles are, it's real life stuff. It's what we live. It's what we can identify with it. We need it. We use it. It's, it, it's transformational stuff. And, and today is no different. And so I want us to peek in on a moment when Paul the Apostle, once anti-Jesus, once anti-God, once a persecutor of Christians, now has been radically transformed by the love of Jesus, and now he is helping start churches and helping Christians grow closer to God. Incredible story. You ought to read it for yourself. But here we got this guy, Paul, teaching. The first group of Christians, what it looks like to embrace humility. And to a group of Christians in Philippi, he writes. And just interestingly enough, he's writing from prison because he was thrown in jail for you know, telling people about Jesus. This is what he writes. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. I mean, we could stop right there, right, and just talk about that. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Well, what's the reason for social media, <laughs> right? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Why is that so important? Because we are selfish and we try to impress others. He goes on. Be humble, be humble. Which means thinking of others is better than yourselves. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. The exact opposite of that attitude is why what is happening in Charlottesville is happening. You have a group of people who think they are better than others. Listen very carefully. Let me say this as plainly as I can. No one is better than anyone based on money, family, background, color of skin. No one is better than anyone. There is one supreme and as we will see who that is in just a moment, we'll keep reading and we'll see it. But if there's ever a time in our culture where we could be transformed by this attitude that, wait a second, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to make this about me. I'm going to consider other people more important than me. Now, now here's the truth. You're not better than me and I'm not better than you. We all stand on level ground before God. However, the attitude that God wants us to have is your ideas are more important than my ideas. Your needs are more important than my own uh, Trying to help you is more important to me than helping myself. You see, it's the attitude of considering others as better than yourselves. And it begins with your thinking, how you think. Think their, their idea is better than mine. I need to go with their idea. I need to help meet their needs before I try to meet my own. I need to try to invest into their life before I make a stance for my own life. It's the attitude, and it begins with our thinking. And humility is not about thinking. It's been said, and I don't know who said it, but they're very smart. Smarter than me. That humility is not about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. Because see, even for people who have this false humidity thing, uh, humidity, <laughs> false humility thing, you know what false humility is. You know, the people that go around and their attitude is, I suck. 
I don't like the way I look. I don't, I'm not good at anything. I'm horrible. And they're down on themselves. They're down on themselves. And they think they don't struggle with pride. And that's not true. You're still consumed with yourself. Even if you have a negative self-view, you're still consumed with yourself. Humility is helping us get our focus off of ourselves and onto other people. Be humble with one another. Considering that they're more important, they should be first over yourself. And then he gives us an example. Look at the example he gives us. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Whew. Talking about raising the bar, man. The same attitude, not kind of like, similar to, no, the same attitude. So watch Jesus, look at Jesus, study Jesus, and have his attitude. What attitude is that? Well, though he was God, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Though he was God, I love that phrase because you know what that communicates to us? Though he was supreme, only one person can, can claim supremacy. There's only one supreme. And what did he do? He humbled himself. So to all of those in our culture that want to elevate themselves as supreme because of money, because of history, because of family, because of color of skin, because of you fill in that blank all day long, honey, all you want to, it doesn't matter. They don't get it. And what God teaches us here flies in the face of all of that and challenges all of that because the only one who is supreme chose to do what? See, I told you this fits perfectly with what we're, we're talking about today. He chose to humble himself and he became a human being. Let's keep reading. He humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Not because he's a criminal, he was innocent, but he gave his life for the forgiveness of my sins and your sins. He considered himself, though he was God, his agenda was to elevate our need above his own comfort as God and to address our sin and to create a way for us to be connected with him with, to God through him, even though it meant he had to humble himself to make it happen. And that's the kind of attitude we're supposed to have. What happened as a result? Let's finish it up. Therefore, because he humbled himself, God elevated him. We'll come back to that. He humbled himself. God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, the name that one day all creation will bow and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, Paul wasn't the only one that talked about this humility thing. Oddly enough, Peter, another one of Jesus' followers, and, and one of the guys that was with Jesus personally for like three years, he talked about humility to that same group of Christians in the first century, and this is what he writes. And to all of you, dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another. There it is, be humble with one another. Dress yourself in humility. I, I love that phrase, dress yourself, because it, it shows the intentionality. You choose it, like you put on a coat, put on a shirt, put on shoes, dress yourselves. It's what you decide to do when you get out of bed in the morning. Today, I'm going to dress myself with humility, which is fascinating that Peter is the one writing this. 
Do you know why? Well, you got you to know a little bit about Peter, and we've talked about him before, but if you, if you get to know Peter, Peter was the opposite, everything opposite of humility. <laughs> he was a hothead. He was a know-it-all. When Jesus asked the question, he didn't even bother raising his hand. He just blurted out the answer, which he assumed was always right. Peter was a know-it-all. Peter was loud. He was boisterous. He was bold. He was brazen. He was anything but humility, humble, and, and God had to allow him to become humiliated. And a number of different things had to occur to become humiliated in order for him to learn this valuable lesson. We'll come back to that. So this guy who struggled with humility is saying, dress yourselves in humility. And, he, and what he says next is so telling. This is what Peter learned, and this is what Peter tells us. He said, I've learned that God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. Remember when we said why you need to listen, that God will either work with you or against you based upon how you do this humility thing? This is what Peter's saying. That God opposes the pride, the prideful, the proud, and, and gives grace and works with and helps the humble. Now, I, I don't know about you, but my life is hard enough as it is. The last thing I need is for God to resist me to work against me, to make anything else in my life harder than it already is. Anybody else with me on that? A surefire way to make your life harder is to go through life making life about you. Because when you do, God says, I'm going to fight you on this. I'm not going to help you on this. I'm going to oppose you. For some of you, no wonder your life is so hard. Why can't I get a leg up? Why can't things work out for me? Why can't me, me, me? Maybe, just maybe, because it's all about you anyway. God says, well, if you're going to make it about you, you don't need my help. Matter of fact, I'm just going to make your life hard. I'm going to oppose you because you're so full of you. That's the last thing we need. And that's what Peter had to learn the hard way. So as a result, this is what Peter said, so humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. It's so much better for you and I to humble ourselves than for God to have to do it. Because if he does it, he'll do a fine job. See, we, we got this opposite, right? We spend our lives lifting ourselves up, lifting ourselves up, and we force God's hand. Because he says, if you lift yourself up, I'm going to humble you. But if you will humble yourself, like Jesus humbled himself, what did God do? God elevated him. It's exactly what Peter said he's learned. I mean, he would look at Paul and say, Paul, you're right. You tell, you, you, you're telling it right. Because when we humble ourselves at the right time and in the right way, God lifts us up. And let me tell you something, God will do a much better job of elevating you than you will elevating yourself. You say, well, how's he going to do that? I don't know. But don't you want to find out? I don't know how God will do it. I don't know when God will do it. But I know it will be the right time and the right way, and it won't be about you. And the day will come when everyone will know but it'll be God's doing, not your own. And that is what it needs to be. Humble yourself. 
You say, well, if I don't, if I don't make a name for myself, they'll look over me. They, they'll forget about me. No one will know. No, if, if I don't lift myself up, no one else will. That is not true. What, Jesus is, what God is teaching us here and what Jesus so beautifully illustrated for us is that if we will lift others up, God will lift us up. Listen very carefully. If you live your life lifting others up, God will make sure that you get lifted up at the right time and in the right way. You don't have to worry about doing that for yourself. And if you go around trying to do that for yourself, God says, I will work against you because that's not the way we work in the family of Jesus. That's not the way we do things here. If you're my child, this is the way we do it here. Guys, I'm telling you, we need this. I need this. You need this. And between the moment of you humbling yourself and God elevating you, God gives you grace. That's why he said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You humble yourself, God will give you grace. And then at the right time and in the right way, God will lift you up. So I'm going to ask you a question and then I want to give you a challenge. And it's not just for you, it's for me too. Here's the question. You need to ask yourself this question. It's a biggie. What am I making about me that is not about me? Because see, this is the question that kind of peels the layers back of where you're doing with this humility thing. What are you making about you It's not about you? And to be honest, nothing really is about you and nothing really is about me. Nothing significant is about me. Nothing significant is about you. You say, well, what about me? What about me? God says, let me handle that part. I'll handle the you part. You focus on other people. What have you and I made about us that's not really about us? An honest answer might just surprise you. If you're willing to be honest about this, you might be surprised what you are making about you that is not about you. Even your accomplishments in life that you are a part of accomplishing ultimately are not about you, but you make them about you. Your job, you made your job about you, your occupation, your career. You've made your occupation and your career about you. Well, it's my career, I know, but it's not really about you because most of us serve somebody else. That's why we have a job. Think about it. Most of us are in customer service of one way, shape, form of another. And we say, it's about the customer, it's about the customer. But the whole reason you're in business for the customer in your mind is so that you, so that you can make a name for yourself, so that you can make more money. Wait, something's wrong with that. What if we went into business? What if we went to work tomorrow? Saying, I'm not going to make my job about me anymore. What have you made about you that is not about you? We make money about us. We make time about us. We make our health about us. This is the way we look and the way we feel and all that. And you know that there's a bigger reason to be healthy than you, being healthy? It's so that you can live out the purpose that is so focused on other people and not just you. Being healthy for the sake of being healthy, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of exercise, a waste of eating good. There's so much better bad stuff to eat, right? I mean, what do you make about you that's not about you? See, we even make our problems about us. That, that's how we become victims, by the way. You become a victim when you make your problem about you. You say, well, it's my problem. It's happening to me. I understand. But ultimately, it's not about you. It's about what God is forming in you and doing in you and growing in you and changing in you so that you can do something great in the life of somebody else. See, it doesn't end with you. 
We make our relationships about us. Maybe that, that's where you are. What do you make about you that's not about you? What am I making about me that's not about me? Our relationships. You've made your marriage about you. I'll say, well, if my marriage is not about me, who's it about? Your husband. Your wife. Well, see, that's where we're going to have a problem because they already make it about them. Well, you don't worry about that. You make your marriage about you. No wonder it's not working well. We make parenting about us. Oh, parents, if you want to live frustrated, then make parenting about you. Because your kids don't make it about you. (laughs) But they just won't make me look good. They ain't ever going to exist to make you look good. It ain't about you. What is it about? It's about you raising those kids for the honor of God. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than your kids. It's to honor the one who gave them to you. Do we make our friendships about us? Maybe that's why you don't have many friends. Because every time you get a friend, you make that friendship about you. And it's all about them just being your sidekick to what you want to do and what you think and what you want to accomplish and where you want to go and what you like. And eventually they're just like, well, they're doing fine on their own making it about them. I'm out of here. You don't have friends because you make it all about you. What do you make about me that's not about me? One more. Many of us are making our relationships with God about us. God, I want you to bless me. God, I want you to answer my prayer. God, I want you to do this for me. And God, I want you to make this happen and give me peace and help me be happy. And me, 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 me. God's like, I I did not send my son to die on a cross so that you could live the ultimate life that you want to live. This is not about you. If you think what Jesus did is just for you, you are more arrogant than we thought you were. It's not about me. My relationship with God is not about me. It's about God. Because if it were not for God, there would be no relationship with God. My relationship with God involves me, which I'm real excited about. But it's for him. Do I benefit? Do you benefit? Absolutely. But the focus has got to be him. See, what are you making about you that's not about you? What we've got to learn is that we are who we are, what we are, and where where we are by God's grace, not by our own merits. Guys, the truth is, is that we need to be taking ourselves off the pedestals that we've put ourselves on. It's time we take ourselves off the pedestals that other people have put us on. And take ourselves off the pedestals that sometimes life puts us on. And, and be focused on lifting other people up and let God lift us up. What are you making about you? It's not about you. All right, so here's, that's the question. Now, here, here's the challenge. I'm giving myself as well as you. That helps us put humility into action. Take more responsibility and less credit. More responsibility, less credit. We are tempted to take so much less responsibility than we should and so much more credit than we should. Just human nature. So we've got to work hard to take more responsibility than we're tempted to and to take less credit than we're tempted to. Make sense? Humility is responsible. 
And the attitude of humility says, I'm going to take responsibility even if it's not my fault. Because see, pride says, that's not my fault. Not my fault. Don't look my way. <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't say that. I didn't cause that. It's not my fault. Don't look at me. See, that's not humility. Humility takes responsibility for things that may not even be your fault. That's maturity. That's humility. I didn't do it, but it's not about who did it. I'm going to take responsibility of fixing it, of helping it, of making it better. See, our prideful nature says, that's not my fault. That's not my problem. That's not my issue. Our nature says, when people try to point out to us, no, that's not true about me. That's not true about me. No, but humility says, I'll receive that. Humility says, I'm going to take responsibility. It may not be my fault. I, I may not be... You know, it may not have been something I did or said or caused, but you know what? I, there's something for me to learn here. I need to grow. I need to change. I need to mature. I'm going to take responsibility more than I am tempted to. What if you did that in your relationships? Took more responsibility. See, in our relationships, what do we do? We push responsibility on the other person. Well, if she, well, if he, well, if they, well, when they, when he, when she. Wait, 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 wait. Why don't we look in the mirror and say, when I? Until I, it's up to me, you see. Take more responsibility and less credit. And the reason this is so important is that we crave credit. We crave credit. And when we don't get it, we engineer it. We generate it for ourselves. Take less credit than you are tempted to take because that's the attitude of humility. Now, there's nothing wrong with receiving credit where credit is due. I'm not saying that someone shouldn't tell you you've done a great job and, and it would be bad for you to receive that and say thank you. Nothing wrong with that. But the problem is we take that to extremes. We crave more and more credit. And that leads to pride. And when we don't get it, we generate it. And we point out, well, you know, that was my idea. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, that's only possible because I put in so many, you know, hours. And, you know, that, that, that really, I've been trying. I've been telling them for a long time. And I'm so glad they finally came around. And I've been telling them if she would have just listened to me, if they would just listen, if they would have just done it, my, well, you see, I, I tried to tell you, I'm so glad you guys came around. See, that's what we're tempted to do. That's not humility. That's not putting the other person first. That's elevating ourselves. That's lifting ourselves up. And what did God say he would do? We leave God no other choice. Because see, the way of Jesus is humility. So when we step out of the way of Jesus as followers of Jesus and we want to elevate ourselves, God says, I'm not going to help you with that. Matter of fact, I may have to knock you down a few steps. I'm going to work against you on that. It'd be so much better for us to just humble ourselves, humble ourselves. I, I hear people pray from time to time, and Christians say stupid things. They pray dumb things. I, I, I've done this in the past, and I don't do it anymore. I've learned. When you hear somebody pray, God, humble me. You idiot. I just say it right there in the prayer. Excuse me. You're nuts. Right? Oh, no, no, don't, don't pray for God to humble you because what if he does? Right? Here's what you pray. God, give me the grace to humble myself and let you lift me up at the right time and in the right way. If I need to be lifted up, you'll, you'll take care of it. And remember, he'll do a better job than you ever will because he's God. And everybody that needs to know it will know it and it'll be done in the right way. And I know you're probably thinking, when am I going to get mine? When am I going to get mine? When am I going to get what's coming to me? Will you leave that up to God? And you just put others first, put others first, put others first, put others first. 
You make a life of putting others first and you'll, leave a, you'll live a life that'll transform yours and so many other people and God will lift you up. What if we lived like this, guys? What if we did? Can you imagine what would happen in our marriages? Can you imagine what would happen in our friendships? Can you imagine what would happen at our jobs? If we were honest, okay, what am I making about me that's not about me? I need to take more responsibility here and less credit. More responsibility and less credit. I'll tell you two things that would happen among other things, but here's two things that just jump out to me and I wrote them down in my notes. Number one, we'll become much more attractive to the culture around us. And what I mean by that is the world around us that is a me first culture and there's emptiness there, there's brokenness there and, and, the, and it's turned in on itself. They will see that humility and they'll be so drawn to it, not to you, but to the principle and to the person that makes it possible. They'll be so drawn to the church and so drawn to the message of Jesus and so drawn to the followers of Jesus when we start living this way. And the other thing it does, second and number two, and this, this is really exciting, when you choose to live this way, it puts you in a position for God to lift you up at the right time and in the right way. You see, when you humble yourself, then you're right where God wants you to be and you're ready. You're ready for God to start lifting you up. So how's he gonna do that? I don't know, but don't you wanna know? When's he gonna do it? I don't know, but he said he would. Maybe not like you thought, maybe not like you hoped, maybe not like you planned, but I bet you it'll be better. He's gotta do a much better job at lifting us up than we can do ourselves. Hey, why don't you join me in wrestling with this question? What are we making about me? It's not about me. Why don't you join me? Can you join me? Taking more responsibility, less credit. If you do it and I do it and we do it and they do it, she does it and he does it, can you imagine what kind of change we would experience together? That's the way of Jesus. God will work with us with his grace and that's true greatness. Let me pray for us that God will help us with this. Oh, Father, we need this. We really, really need this. I need it. I'm so tempted, and we're so tempted to take very little responsibility for things and a whole lot of credit. And maybe we just flip that, flip it, and, and take more responsibility even for things that are not our fault. May we take less credit than we crave and, and desire and leave all that to you and just choose an others-focused mentality and an others-focused mindset and way of living, following your example. You are the supreme one, and you chose humility. So we, who are not supreme, have no reason to not embrace humility. And for those that are concerned about when they're gonna get theirs and when the spotlight's gonna shine their way and when someone's gonna notice, God, may we just choose humility and leave that all up to you. That's what you've asked us to do. And give us grace to do it. May we make the choice to be humble with one another. In Jesus' name, amen.